and welcome to the Changing Directions Filmmaker Podcast Series presented by 206.com. Changing Directions is a podcast interview series focused on diverse and emerging filmmakers who are pushing the boundaries of what's possible for women and people of color while creating amazing films. I am your host, Mark Morin, and this is a special CamFest music video edition of the podcast, and I'm speaking with director Leslie Alejandro and producer Danny DeJesus, the filmmaking sister team behind Gold, a new music video featuring Ella J. Bosco and Ruby Ibarra. Leslie, Danny, welcome to the podcast. So happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. Now, the song Gold was written by Ella J. Bosco with her brother, Daryl. Anyone who has seen the movie Birds of Prey should recognize Ella J. as Cassandra Kane, the young pickpocket who befriends Harley Quinn in the movie. Now, the song and video specifically talk about the skin whitening industry as well as racial stereotypes, societal expectations, and really just the Americanization of culture. I would say it's a declaration of freedom in many ways, too. It's just there's so much going on. What were your initial thoughts on the song and how did the two of you get involved with this project? I had worked on and um, directed and produced another music video for Ella J. Bosco a couple of years prior when she was about 12 years old. And she came to me with this song that her and her brother had written and showed me the track. And I was, I'm always touched by her music because as a young girl, she's Korean, Filipino-American. I really resonate with her lyrics and the things that, you know, the topics and subjects that she discusses within her lyrics and her songs. I felt really connected to it too because it's always, she always mentions about trying to fit in, trying, uh, not feeling like everybody else. And for a young girl of her generation to still feel that way in 2021, it's very reminiscent of me as a young girl feeling that way in the 80s and 90s. So when I heard the track and understood what it was about, and it was about celebration, celebrating your skin, living in within your own identity, I knew that I had a lot to say in this space. So she really wanted to do a, a period piece concept in a way, and I had always loved the 50s and felt that if I lived in that time, though, there would really not be a space for somebody like me or, or Danny. So I wanted to kind of create our own space, but while providing a mirror to society as to where they feel women and women of color fit. So came up with the concept. Everyone loved the idea of the commercial and, you know, collectively we kind of came up with elements and parts to what we thought uh, should exist within the commercial. So I ended up writing uh, the commercial to and really you know, provided this ridiculous dialogue that not only you know, had truth behind it, but definitely so it provided a contrast to, you know, her character to know that she was going to step out of the step of wives persona and into realizing and understanding who she is as an individual and a Filipino American individual. So that's kind of where the concept came from. Danny, you want to do that? <laughs> yeah, and then part of who we are as Alejandro Films is really about embracing concepts and ideas and projects that challenge the status quo. And we always talk about how art is either going to uphold the status quo or it's going to challenge it. 
We want to be a part of the art that's challenging it every day. So the projects that we choose shake things up a little bit. It was just a natural collaboration. Um, the Boscos are like our second family, but I don't think besides the other little video that Leslie had done previous, that we had ever worked together collaboratively. And then once that started to happen, it was just like magic. And so we saw that when you get artists and artists of color who all are on board with the same type of messaging and passion and things that we want to actually get out into the world and like magic happens. And so that's really what started just to go down from the very pre-production, like the beginning of the pre-production meetings and then all throughout the process. Everything was always about how can we celebrate who we are as Filipina um, and Filipino artists. And then what was fantastic is as we were putting our crew together and getting other people involved, we were very intentional about, okay, well, we want to celebrate Asian American Pacific Islander heritage. So our crew is going to be 100% Asian American. And they and it was, and it wasn't difficult. And, you know, this excuse that you can't find specific talents of other ethnicities and diversities, it's BS, right? We know that the talent is out there. You just have to go and look for it and you have to talk to people and you have to put the word out there. And everyone who came on board, as soon as they understood what we were doing, what we were creating, what we were hoping to get across, they put their 1000% and they brought so much joy and love. So it wasn't just like a work experience. It was actually people doing what they love for a community that they love and um, with the goal and the objective of just amplifying our voices. So it was just an organic, wonderful, beautiful experience that came together really well. It was about seeing Leslie and Ella's vision come through and hopefully that's what we were able to do. Oh, that's amazing that you put it in those terms. Just, uh, just the amount of representation from top down is just phenomenal. And uh, you did have a 100% Asian cast and crew, which to me is very fitting. You know, like you were saying, given the theme of representations, the question I was going to ask, and you kind of touched on it, but maybe expand on this, is was that something you had planned from the start? Or was that something that just kind of started to fall in place as you were bringing everybody together? Leslie, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think... I don't if I remember correctly, it wasn't as if that was our mandate as with, as we were starting. Um, but as we, because first of all, we we're just like, how are we going to do this? And what's going to happen? And then how are we going to put this all together? And then as we started to do what independent producers do and filmmakers do of how we're going to create this and, and keep it <laughs> within a certain budget, then it was really about starting to talk about who are the people we want to get involved. And as that just started to naturally progress, it just became very obvious and very clear to us that this was going to be an all Asian crew. So it was intentional in the way of the direction of, of representation, like you're saying. I don't think it was the first thing that we came out with, right, Les? Correct me if I'm wrong. No, I, I, well, I think what ended up happening was, uh, you know, we, we've, uh, Danny and I worked on other projects and we worked with all um, ethnicities and genders <laughs> on the projects that we work out as well. So, uh, you know, top of our heads, we're always kind of like, okay, uh, who do we know? We, we're, we're independent filmmakers. So, you know, it, it's, uh, who can we get? Who <laughs> who can help with this? Wearing so many hats. We all wear many, many hats as all independent filmmakers will tell you. But, you know, when we kind of understood and realized that we were doing this for API month, or at least wanted to get it done, produced, filmed, and edited in time for API month and launched before API month, we understood that representation in front of and be behind the camera was going to be very important all the way through post. And so 
that's where we kind of sought out and when we started asking around it was it was like okay I think we need to make sure that these voices are heard and these voice are see- voices are seen um, because this is what this whole thing is all about and then it became important for us that it was true to this all the way through the very end from assistance to um, like I said like the editors Sound visual editing. effects, sound editing, um, the com- composition, you know, uh, composing of the music of the of the actual commercial portion of the music video, we realized that it was important to have, you know, our community represent um, represented, and so we made sure that that's, you know, where it even in the aftermath of marketing and reaching out to not only mainstream media and publications, but also to people in our community, you know, because as much as we know that we can't only preach to the choir um, within our community, we needed to get it outside of our community too. But it was important for our community to see that we were we're rallying and championing for them as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you for putting it in those terms. That's really fascinating to me how in being in that independent filmmaker space of how it really does become like a family type of project. And that's really, I get the sense of where you're coming from as a production company. Now, one of the things that really stood out to me about the music video is just the visual style. It's very unique and very bold. And one of the things that stood out to me about that, taking it to another level, is the fashions and the wardrobe that they wore. Now, can you talk about the choices made of creating the the fashion sensibilities for the video? So on top of just, you know, having everybody on our crew be Asian American, uh, because this was definitely a love song to our Filipino culture, we wanted to make sure that everything involved was kind of represented to Ella J. She did her tour for Birds of Prey and wore beautiful dresses made by Asian designers, but they couldn't find any Filipino ones, which was, you know, which is a little tough because Filipinos aren't really in mainstream media. We are, we exist within our community, but to kind of be out in mainstream, it's not going to, it wasn't the easiest for her to find. So we found this designer out of Toronto. She has a collection called Vinta Gallery and she creates pieces and uses textiles and inspirations for her prints and her the, the way that she constructs uh, each piece uh, with Filipino influence. So um, from our culture, she did a beautiful job and she was able to send us all of these beautiful pieces that we ended up using in the entire music video for both the uh, performative portion with the projectors and then also when Ruby Ibarra came into it was a hundred percent Vince gallery and even the 50s dress that Ella wore in the commercial it had the butterfly the Filipino butterfly sleeves that was kind of a little bit of an Easter egg that looked that you know for to anybody else probably just thought it was a 50s dress but to you know to everyone in our culture we are familiar with the butterfly sleeves no, that's amazing. Thank you. Just the, the levels of depth of the representation is really impressive to me. And it really adds to what you were talking about with the Filipino culture, which is very family oriented and family based and holding on to those traditions and history. So I'm glad you're able to add a lot of that in. Now, you had mentioned earlier that you have your own production company called Alejandro Films. And Leslie, fans of the TV show Lucifer might recognize your husband and business partner, Kevin Alejandro. So why did the three of you decide to create Alejandro Films in the first place? 
Um, it's incredible, Mark, because we've been obviously a family for a very long time and each of us have had our own different careers in this industry. And then probably now I want to say about three years ago, I was still living in Hawaii where I was a high school teacher and um, doing a different type of storytelling. My sister and I just started brainstorming some ideas of documentary film projects that we wanted to work on together. Simultaneously, my brother-in-law was constantly just producing and creating and writing and, and directing his own things. And then every now and then, Leslie and Kevin started to collaborate on projects. Every time I would come home to Los Angeles, the three of us would get together and just start brainstorming ideas. It just became to that point where it was so obvious that, okay, what are we doing, y'all? We need to actually be doing our own things. If we want to see the projects out there that we think are important and, like I said earlier, are going to challenge the status quo, then that means that we need to be creating them. We need to be involved in them from the beginning to the very end. And so that's when I finally said to Leslie and Kevin, I'm like, um, oh my gosh, are we doing this? Am I moving back to Los Angeles? <laughs> I'd been gone for almost 13 years. And so once the three of us were all on the same page, then it was a, a done deal. Moved back to LA, we opened up our office in Santa Monica. And ever since then, you know, we've just been generating and developing different ideas, working on different types of projects. So yeah, that's how we all came together. And quickly understood and knew, but we always knew from the Kevin and I knew from the beginning that the uh, the person that was going to make it all really, really happen because we could always, you know, we are kind of career creatives where both of us are always trying to do things on the fly sometimes. And we knew that if we really wanted to make this a serious career move and company that we needed not only the smarts but the work ethic that would that would come along with it and so Kevin and I uh, lacked those both of those things and so <laughs> so we're like Danny is the one that's gonna make it happen and it came true through and through that you know she is definitely the rotor that that, that keeps this company moving but yeah so uh, it it's been such a great experience and it, it and it's scary it, it, it's scary starting new something new for after so long you know danny danny was head of development for another producer and production company prior like right after she graduated ucla prior to leaving and being a high school teacher in, in maui so uh, we knew that you know although I, we know the industry has changed so much we definitely you know needed her guidance along with our you know contacts and whatever it was it it just was the perfect fit between the three of us. And you know, it, it, it's a long game. We're, we're, we're in development for several projects that, you know, we don't know when is gonna come to fruition, but you know, because I think we're determined to make them all, uh, you know, to show the world what we're doing. I, I, you know, we're in it, we're in it for the long game, like I mentioned. It sounds like the three of you really came together with each of your own skill sets and things to bring to the table. So that that's great. It's working out now on the same topic of families. So the Bosco family had a strong presence at CamFest as well, with Ella J's uncle Dante Bosco also debuting his first feature film, The Fabulous Filipino Brothers. So what was it like working with the Bosco family for the music video and then having the music video screen at CamFest with Dante's movie? It was such an honor. They are the pioneers for 
Filipino Americans and Asian Americans alike in this industry. I've known the Bosco family since '98. It's been a long time. Um, I knew Ella before she was even a thought. <laughs> uh, before you know, and and her siblings as well. And we've always been friends and have definitely become closer in the last several years since our sons are the same age and growing up together. They're also best friends, and you know, Emily is one of my closest friends, and Derek is one of Kevin's closest. I mean, it's. It's just a big, huge family affair, and they are, if not the kindest, most generous family I've ever met. And they adopt everyone into their family, including us and including Danny, as if we are blood. And、um, you know, Mexicans are like this too. Filipinos are, I like this as well. And you know, even though Emily Bosco is Korean, but Emily and Derek Bosco, they're they're also huge. Creatives. Derek Bosco is a produce. They're both producers. Emily Bosco is is a talent manager. She manages her whole family, including Jaden Martell from It. And yeah, so that's that's her client and family part of our family as well. And it, it, it's just a big family affair. And we're so blessed to have them in our corner. Derek Bosco and Emily Cho, his wife, both executive produced the music video as well. So. That they were very heavy-handed in this whole process and in decision making and funding and you know everything. So、uh, we we are super blessed just to have them in our lives.、Um, we we just spent the whole weekend together at Camp Fest, so it was it, it was amazing to see our baby up on the big screen. And you know, <laughs> even though you know we've seen their family do the whole thing, I mean, I, I cried seeing Ella on. At, on Birds of Prey, it's been such a a pleasure and such a, a gift to have people like、uh, like them in our lives. You know, Danny and I stand true and strong about the people we surround ourselves with. Alondo Films is about、uh, is a family,、um, it's wanting to motivate and inspire families to join with us and become our family. So that's our motto: the family tree, no matter which direction, no matter where the roots come from. So yeah, it's it's, it's been a beautiful experience, and we. Can't wait to create more things together. Oh, that's great! Thank you, Danny. Anything to add to that? I was just remembering when I just moved back to Los Angeles the first year, and I had been gone for such a long time, and I knew the Boscos, but I hadn't spent that much time with them. They invited me to their Christmas party, and you know, in true Filipino fashion, there's <laughs> a gazillion people there,、yeah. and I was just so honored to be there. And I look up, and I see my name on a Christmas stocking, and <laughs> immediately、oh, wow. I was like. Oh, I, I'm part of the Bosco family now. Like I, I made it. Yes, I was so honored and stoked. And literally, Mark, the day that we did our little viewing party for Gold, we're all together. We're all just so happy to see this come together. And Emily pulls us, me and Leslie, aside, and she goes, "Okay, what's next? What are we working on next? I'm ready." <laughs> We need to be working on more things together, and we agreed upon that from the very beginning. And it was such a smooth process, lots of love, lots of communication, lots of collaboration. And like Leslie said, when you have two families, two companies that are determined to tell stories that matter in a way that is ethical, that is boundary pushing, that is compassionate and loving, then you know that's good stuff. So we're very much looking forward to working with them some more in the future. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing all of it too. So thank you. All of this talk of family—you're making me want to be part of this big family now too. It just seems like an、are. amazing experience. <laughs> you are part of our family. Our <laughs> family, absolutely, you are part of our family. Come on down. Come <laughs> hang out. It's there. That's awesome. Thank you. 
Gold has been the subject of articles and coverage from news outlets like Hollywood Reporter. I saw MTV News. I saw People Magazine, you know, just to name a few. Had you anticipated this level of coverage when you were creating the video or like how did that come about where you're getting all of this attention? Or I guess, yeah. is there an explanation for that? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think we were hoping <laughs> for it. <laughs> right. You know, it was, it's always something that you can, that, that anyone can ever hope for when it comes to the work that you do. And especially for this piece, because we thought it was so important. So the fact that the mainstream outlets were actually willing to share and create pieces around this song, this music video, this topic, um, kind of shows that people are willing to listen, are understanding that these types of stories are necessary and needed and it validates our work it validates what we want to do like i said going outside of our community to let other people know uh, you know kind of to step in, into our shoes is valuable also and very important the fact that they recognize that means everything to to us you know and we also knew very much so during aapi month we wanted to address on many different levels this uh, Asian hate that's been on the rise. And uh, we as a community have a lot of reckoning to do ourselves and have a lot of understanding to look back into our history, look back into the things that um, we have um, been indoctrinated into as well as that we've supported. And if you caught the tail end of the video where it says by 2027, the skin whitening industry is gonna be a $24 billion industry. This industry isn't slowing down, right? And so this is problematic on so many levels. And when we are thinking as filmmakers, as activists, as organizers, that we're making a dent into what it means to be brown and proud, what it means to be standing in your true authentic self and celebrating that, but yet you're seeing dollars being spent in this industry and it's showing no signs of slowing down. And you know, we want to have these conversations and we want them to be going on with or without us. And we're hoping, you know, when I start talking to people about what's going on and the fact that there's um, a huge amount of um, women in the Philippines that are putting their life at risk to bleach their skin. What does that mean? And, and what are the roots of that? And how do we even start talking about that in a way that is problem solving or, you know, that is just actually moving us in a different direction? then yes, to a certain extent, we were definitely hoping that this video was going to cause some waves and get people interested in not just only the celebration, but the fact that there's a lot for us to unpack and how that eventually, or how that has, and we've seen it manifest into the Asian model minority stereotype, into crab mentality for Filipinos, into anger and vitriol towards the Asian community as a whole, right? There's so many things happening all at once, but they're all connected to a certain extent. Definitely one element that we would love for more people to be talking about. And then of course, what's so beautiful is that we are talking about it in a way that's still celebratory. So, and, and with Ella's voice and with Ella's persona and Ruby's hard hittingness, like it's not just, we're not pointing fingers at all. We're just like, hey, this is what's happening, but let's also celebrate who we are as women, as women of color. So yeah, definitely um, we're stoked about the press. Uh, we're, we're hoping that it keeps on coming. <laughs> and we hope more people are looking at it through a specific lens, you know? It's not just entertainment, it's actually, in our minds, um, revolutionary. No, that's great. Thank you. That's an amazing way to answer the question that I asked. So thank you for doing that. Now, you also just mentioned Ruby, Ruby Ibarra, who is the co-star of the video. Now, I think she was an absolute perfect fit 
to go alongside Ella J. Bosco in, in the video. And I've been a fan of Ruby Ibarra for several years now. And she was here in Seattle a couple years ago for the Seattle Asian American Film Festival. She was just an amazing performer. And I know she has also recently stepped into the filmmaking world as well. And I get the idea that she's the type of person who wants to learn everything she can about whatever she's doing. So what was it like working with her and everything she was bringing to the table to, to the production? Ruby is a force to be reckoned with. From her brain to her purpose to uh, what she stands for, uh, just being around in her presence, th there's so much softness and hardness at the same time that it's hard to describe. And, and, and she's just a beautiful human. And I felt so honored to, to be able to do a project with her, especially because I knew just how creatively talented she is behind the camera as well. So she was nothing but kind and fun and funny and unprofessional. <laughs> and so we, we had a great time. We, you know, it was a 13 hour day and she was there for most of it. We actually, you know, I don't know if you knew or if your you know, listeners know, but Ruby is a scientist, <laughs> you know, she really? is. She is, she has been working on the COVID vaccine, you know, working, you know, about the COVID vaccine, mm -hmm. or, you know, things around doing all the tests around COVID vaccine from the beginning. And I know we asked her what her title was at her lab and she said, scientist number one, like she's a badass, <laughs> you know? Wow, that's amazing. And He's amazing. So what ended up happening is that first day of shooting, we shot in Burbank at a really amazing, beautiful studio. We were going to do both the shoot the commercial and also all the projector scenes in that studio space and including Ruby in, in all of it as well. Not quite in the commercial portion of the music video, but definitely in the performative portion. Uh, but then she got word, uh, she, she had agreed and then got word that she wasn't allowed to leave the city because of her job. And so, so we packed up all her stuff and we went up there because we knew that it was really important that she was actually in it. Uh, we, I did come up with the concept of having her on the projected on the big screen and we had oh, a couple yeah. shots of that. So she was able to film herself that way and so that we can actually, um, wow. you know, mix her in during that time. But then, you know, it, it was really fun actually because I had to kind of come out of my comfort zone of mm. exactly what I knew that I wanted to, creating another concept to do while we were out there because, you know, as we know, in independent filmmaking, <laughs> with, you know, with a small budget, we did every all of her scenes in a garage mm. um, of the Airbnb that we were oh, wow. in. It was, I know, I know. But it was great. I mean, it was great. It was, uh, it was fun to kind of create that space and do something amazing that looks amazing, even though we, we you know, we were under different terms and didn't have the big original video space that we had. So it was a two-day shoot. But yeah, going back to, she's, she's just a kind, talented person, and, and, and I hope to be able to work with her more in the future. Oh, that's great. Dana, anything to add on Ruby? Mark, you, you will not regret <laughs> know this woman. I, I, she reminds me of Leslie um, a little bit because they're both small, but they're both fierce, you know, super, super <laughs> fierce. But you know, uh, Ruby, she just surprises you too. Cause like Leslie said from the beginning, and we we're doing a lot of organizing as you can imagine and coordinating. And she was just so kind and so sweet and so compassionate and so accommodating. And then you see her perform and you're just like, 
mind blown. Holy crap. Like she brings it every single time. She is so natural and gifted up there. It's insane. It's ridiculous. And, and then I, you know, went down the Ruby Ibarra rabbit hole and was watching all of her videos and watching her, her interviews and watching everything that she's ever done before. And just, she is like, she's got that fire in her and she's determined to use it to change the world, right? And so, and to light that in other people. So like when I see her perform, when I see her doing her thing, like I am literally like just, I can't even describe it. It just moves me. And I, I, I always wind up crying anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it just moves me. They like said, just working on this project with us, I just, we all just felt so honored and so blessed. And then even in everything since, we've been doing all of the press, we've been doing all of the interviews and she's there. She's a busy woman. She's not only is she changing the world, but she's saving the world. <laughs> she's doing everything. And yet she's still like, okay, okay, I can make this work. I can make this happen. So she really is a gift to the world. And we are just so stoked to have done this project with her. Wow, that's amazing. Now, I'll always remember the first time I discovered who she was. I was watching a YouTube video that probably just somebody else had shared, and it was a video of a freestyle session with her and three other girls. And she immediately stood out to me. Like when she started rapping and just her presence, I was like, this girl is gonna be something. And then wouldn't you know, her career starts to develop and she's putting out albums. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing her here at, at the film festival, like I mentioned, and now she's in this in your music video. And uh, I'll always remember seeing that for the first time. And all four girls, their freestyles were, they're very talented, but there was just something about her that I'm like, I need to follow this person. This this person's gonna be somebody's. And all of that speaks to everything that what you were just describing is the way she stood there while she was rapping was exactly the presence that you're describing. First, when you describe that story, I just got chicken skin because I, I <laughs> know exactly what you're talking about. But second, one of the things that I just admire so much about her is that she's about elevating other people's voices. So she mm. saw something really, really special in Ella J and then made that conscientious decision to not only collaborate with her, but to do whatever she can with her followers, with her presence, with her platforms to elevate this other younger Filipino woman. So right. I admire that so much. And we know that this is not, we can't live in isolation where we have to be able to support one another and lift each other up. And I could see that that's what Ruby's all about. It's not just, she, she's got no ego. As far as I can tell, there's oh. no ego whatsoever. Wow. It is about spreading the love and lifting other people up. Much love to Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're going to officially adjourn the Ruby Ibarra fan club meeting and we'll get back to the rest of the interview. <laughs> we love you, Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for that. I mean, we uh, love I... you, Ruby. <laughs> so, Danny, what is something you can say you learned as a filmmaker from working on this project? You know, it's something that was more affirmed than learned. Um, I've always believed, I've done a lot of event planning and a lot of different types of um, production work and, and coordinating things and making things happen. And for me personally, it's always about the journey than the final product. But what I could honestly say for this was that I got both the best worlds. Not only did we create a product that I am super proud of, but everything that we set out to do from the collaborative working with other producers and, and all of the cast and crew is making, how should I say this, is just making memories along the way mm -hmm. and 
collaborating with people that inspire you, right? So maybe that's what I would say is that in this industry, I hope to continue to work with people who inspire me in the hopes that I possibly inspire them as well. So that's what I learned. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Now, Leslie, I understand you're also a photographer. So what is it that originally attracted you to these visual mediums, uh, both photography and filmmaking? Uh, photography had always been my favorite form of art. I never thought that it was something I could do. I think I was also intimidated just by learning manual settings growing up. I had a camera that a friend of mine had given me a Nikon in the, um, like the late 90s. And um, I just kept it on auto-auto, even though it was a manual um, style um, camera, format camera. But it was film. It was definitely film before the digital medium came out. When I got into the editorial industry, I started off actually as a makeup artist and eventually going into uh, being an editor for a magazine um, and creative and art directing for photo shoots. That I was with this magazine for probably, I want to say, seven and a half years. Um, so I'd been on hundreds of sets before I even picked up a camera. I, I, I realized I knew lighting a lot more than I did. I realized that I understood framing and, and what I wanted. I also did all the selects that would go into the magazine as well. So I knew that my, that, that my eye was something that I could probably trust if I took on the, this process myself. So at 40 years old, I decided to pick up a camera. My mom bought me my camera for uh, my 40th birthday. She bought me a Canon 7D and I just started to shoot and I started figuring it out and then started ultimately shooting for the magazine, shooting covers for the magazine. And after a couple of years um, in photography, I, I realized that I needed to, to kind of stick to it and go into it full time. I was, while being an editor, although I love kind of the operational process site and it, I, I definitely knew that I was missing the creative process as well because I've always been a creative starting um, as a musician at a, at a young age and so living in this creative space really influenced me to once again trust my eye and because I was I was doing it full time and, and now at this point working with other publicists and working them you know shooting their talent and and also working with other publications like Danny had mentioned earlier, we started working on a documentary from a photo book idea that I'd wanted to do since I was in high school. You know, realized that I wanted to get into filmmaking, so I took classes from the director's program at UCLA to kind of familiarize myself in this space and, and realized that I actually knew a lot more than I did. And that kind of gave me the confidence to continue to push forward and be in this space. Uh, you know, but I realized also that I couldn't be too hard on myself because you know, there were no, no, there was nobody, I had no role models that looked like me that, that were photographers or directors or filmmakers uh, back then or none that I knew of or none that I, you know, was in mainstream media that I could, um, I could see doing it. So I, I don't think that it was something I thought I could do. And as Filipinos, you know, aside from being nurses and accountants and, <laughs> you know, living in that, that kind of world, we were musicians, we were yeah. dancers and, you know, not necessarily filmmakers. And knowing that I have this, this avenue to give myself and my community a voice was definitely became important to me. So that's how I ended up in this space. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Now, in terms of representation, this is a question for both of you. What would you like to see change in the industry as a whole? 
where do we start? <laughs> I know that's a big question. But <laughs> that's a loaded gun right there. <laughs> I mean, it, it would be really easy just to answer, just burn it down and start over. But, you know, maybe... maybe... <laughs> this is true, Mark. We're looking at everything in terms of the foundations of the system. Right, and right. in order for real true representation to happen at mm. a pace in our lifetime, yeah, you're right. Let's just burn it all down and start. <laughs> I mean, Thanos had an idea that wasn't terribly a bad... I mean, it was a bad one because, you know, people would die. Right, right. But... I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I think that um, I know that that you know, spaces being created and spaces being made within individuals, within their own communities, and and I appreciate what we're doing. We, we but you know, it definitely starts with the executives. It starts with hiring the people who can make the industry look different than it already does. I know people are taking steps in, in, in these corporations and the studios, but it hasn't been enough and we're still seeing the same thing. I mean, you know, let's be real. We, we look at what's out there and, and it still doesn't look like us. But, you know, I, I think that every that we can't look at the impossible and just keep working towards the possible, whether it's one step at a time. And, and I think that that's what we're trying to do. Uh, with Alejandro Films. So, you know what? They need to stop celebrating the elite. That's what they need to stop doing. They need to stop celebrating the elite and start recognizing the up and coming, start recognizing talent outside of who they felt are their heavy hitters because, uh, you know, Chloe Zhao just proved it that the heavy hitters can come out of nowhere and, and you just got to give those kind of people a chance. It's also about really looking at what type of stories we are investing in and what type of stories deserve to be told. And, you know, whenever we talk about the different projects in our slate, I can't wait to get to the point where it's no longer, well, who is going to be interested in this type of story and who's going to buy this type of story? And are they really going to be interested in a Filipino lead or a documentary about Filipinos living in Los Angeles during the 80s and 90s? You know, we still have to think about where we can sell things based on the subject matter, right? So it would be wonderful that as, as we continue in this, in my opinion, the biggest civil rights movement of our, of our lifetime, as we continue to excavate and to uncover that we are starting to say these stories need to be told and by these types of filmmakers. And we don't have to, you know, wait till AAPI month to, to celebrate this type of video. And we don't have to go only to these types of festivals that are just for Asian Americans. Yes, I, I want all of that because I love being in community and solidarity, but that's not the only places that these stories to be told. Leslie and I are very interested, and Kevin, and Kevin is Mexican American. We're very interested in what it means to be something American. What does it mean to be American? Filipino American, Mexican American, Korean American. And our stories are just as valid as any other story out there. Yeah. And there's so many, right? We know this, that we don't represent the full spectrum of being Filipino American. And so, um, yeah, I think it, a lot of it is, let's diversify our narrative, let's diversify our feed, let's be interested in things and people and ideas and concepts that don't that we've never experienced because this is all who we are. It's part of our, our national makeup, our universal makeup. So yes, I mean, that's just much more on a theoretical level. Um, in terms of practicality, yeah, Leslie, like, 
the gatekeepers, the people who make these decisions. We need to see um, them look like what our country looks like and what our industry looks like, right? So they're making decisions for what stories are going to be told. And, and I'm hoping that people are a lot more mindful about who these people are. And we're seeing the repercussions now with what's happening with the Golden Globes and in other areas and other aspects of our industry when it's not looking like what our population consists of. So definitely need to continue breaking down those barriers for people for access and recognizing that that's just not where it stops, right? So these diversity programs, there's much more beyond that. So now what you were just saying about the industry and about Alejandro Films, to me, I really like what the three of you are doing with creating your own company and basically doing the things you weren't able to do within Hollywood, where you're just like, okay, now we're just going to do it ourselves. To me, that's really cool. And it's really amazing that you are taking those steps and you're creating and you're creating change in that context of representation just for doing that. So, you know, I would applaud you for taking a stand for everything that you were just talking about. So thank you for that. What's next for each of you and what's next for Alejandro Films? Good, Danny, you go first. <laughs> um, so we are hustling, we are developing. We have so many projects on our slate. Um, like I said earlier, one of the main projects that brought us together in the first place is this docu-series um, about the Filipino-American experience um, in the 80s and 90s of Los Angeles, focusing on Filipino gangs. And so we uh, had already done a lot of work on that prior to um, the pandemic. And right when we were about ready to go out and start filming and interviewing, then of course we um, went on lockdown. So we are excited to get back into that. We absolutely believe that this is part of the American story that needs to be told, specifically during this time period. In the 80s and 90s was a very interesting time for America as a whole, dealing with different types of racial injustice, different types of war on poverty and Filipino gang experience kind of drops us into that in the 80s and 90s. And that's when Leslie and I grew up. So um, we've been working diligently on getting that going. We have a bunch of other projects in development from limited series to feature films, to podcasts, to <laughs> uh, other videos. So there's a lot of things that we've got going on. Um, but yes, you're right, like the three of us together, it's been just such a beautiful journey of taking folks with different types of strengths and then melding them together. And what's awesome about it is we're family. So, um, you know, we, we always continually come back to that. What did I miss, Les? No, you, you covered it all. Um, you know, we're, we're just so excited to be able to share the projects that um, we've been tirelessly working on and, and and hope that they come to fruition. So, you know, it, it's a long game. And we're, but, you know, like I had said earlier, and uh, we're here for the ride. So, I mean, I'm, I'm looking, I've been writing as well. I'm working on my second feature uh, script that I've uh, been working on and, and rewriting my first in hopes that one of these end up becoming my uh, directorial debut as well in the feature format. So, yeah, I, I, I had been taking, uh, I, I didn't get into the HBO Access program last year, but was asked um, one out of four, I believe, people to actually audit it um, during last summer. So I was able to attend the boot camp and, 
have been meeting with them once a month still. So it, it, it's been such an honor just to be in that space with these incredible, talented directors and learning from some of the best in the business. Yeah, but other than that, you know, really trying to push forward for all 100 films to really take up space because uh, I, I think we belong here. Oh, absolutely. And that, that just sounds amazing that you've got so many things going on, so many projects coming up. And I'm really excited to see whatever it is you do next. Hopefully we'll be able to speak you know, again about all of these projects as they come out. Now, in the meantime, I mean, we're here talking about the music video goal, and I think it's just an amazing time to be able to celebrate the success of the video and just putting it out there and everything that it means. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about it with me. Thank you very much for being here. Mark, um, like you are family. You are part of our family. We are uh, grateful that you made an exception for us because we're here with a music video. So thank you so much for inviting us to be a part of this conversation. Sure. Thank you so much, Mark. Your energy is infectious, uh, as, as well as your smile. And, and I'm so happy that we were able to do this on Zoom, um, as opposed to just doing it over the phone so that we could actually feel like we're, we're there talking to you. So we appreciate your time and honor that you let us uh, be part of your podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate the kind words. It you know, helps me feel good about what I'm doing, too. So again, thank you for being here and all the best to you and, and everything that you're doing in the future. Thank you. You as well. Thank you, Mark. Bye, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. This is the Changing Directions podcast series featuring filmmakers Leslie Alejandro and Danny DeJesus. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review on iTunes, and share on social media. Any way you can support the podcast is very much appreciated. You can find every podcast episode and all of my movie reviews on 206.com. Thank you for listening to the Changing Direction podcast series presented by 206.com. Thank you.